Hello everyone. Hello. Us. How are you all doing? Welcome again to Home Dojo Podcast. Today we have a special guest. We have Tommy Butler Sensei. Oh, oh, deep bows. Deep morning, bows. Tommy Sensei. Good morning. How are you, man? Tommy Sensei joins us on the fifth day of Kangeko at the Hombu Dojo here in Dublin. Fifth day. Two to go. Today was the toughest day for me. I yeah? really struggled to get out of bed this morning. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. struggled. I'm feeling it now. It's setting it's a long in. Long time to warm up. Because yeah. we do a certain amount of training per week anyway, and this week it, it's that and much training plus seven hours. Yeah. Which is a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a heavy week, yeah. 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 It's great, though. I'm feeling it. My groin, my groin feels like vice. Yeah, definitely groin's tight. Groin, man, oh, sure. so yeah. bad. Um, so who is Tommy Sensei? Who's Tommy Sensei? Tommy Sensei mm-hmm. is a Godan, fifth Dan, um, with the HDKI. Um, he has trained with everyone and anyone. Um, he's been a, quite a few organisations, yeah? Quite a few. Yeah, groups. a few. You've been yeah. floating yeah. about for a while. Yeah. Um, he's a senior member here at the Hombo Dojo in Dublin. Um, and one of the you know senior guys, you know, if anyone has any questions, anyone looking for extra help and advice, they go to Tommy Sensei. Oh, they do. Mm. Cool. So how long have you been training, Tommy? Training about twenty-eight years. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Longer than some people in the room here, but Moment we won't say anything about that. <laughs> Why did you start karate, Tommy? Because of the turtles. Oh, how really? cool were the turtles? The turtles. Yeah. Come Who's on, your favourite turtle? Donatello, because of the bow. The bow. Yeah, yeah I love yeah, the bow. It's my yeah. favourite weapon. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, yeah they were cool. Like they were cool. They were massive. And because I was small as well, you know, we all used to get bullied and stuff. So I was small. So it made sense to do karate, you know. Yeah. Or do a martial arts, shall I say? So um, so yeah, love. Never look back. Never look back. You know. Um, started out with. Uh, ITKF, who would have been Kawazawi's group at the time in Cork, and trained with them. I got my shot on with them after about eight years. Um, so I took my time, because obviously you're in school and you've got life and everything. I was doing loads of stuff. I was doing training to be a lifeguard. I was cross-country team. I was doing all sorts of stuff. So I took my time, you know. Um, then I was with them. Then after that, we moved over to Aidan Trimble's group for a good chunk of time as well. But good ten years with Aiden Trimble, Trimble sensei, mm-hmm. and that was fantastic. He really opened up our eyes to how to move and how to fight and mm-hmm. how to how to use your body and how the body, especially how the body reacts when you hit it. You know, because we don't do enough hitting. But that's another conversation. We'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that's we'll good. We'll get into that in a minute. The hardest I've ever been hit is Aiden Trimble. Yeah, Aiden he Trimble. He was, he was teaching for uh, for us uh, one of our summer courses that we have up in Tala. Um, and he was teaching Yoko Geri Kikomi, mm. which he's excellent he's at. Vicious. And he was d- perfect control the whole day. Like, literally tapping my dogi no more. Mm. And he was trying to get people to do it as someone was coming in Oizuki. Mm. And they weren't really getting it. You know, people were stepping in and punching. They were kicking late. They were trying to push. Their leg wasn't extending out probably. They were getting yeah. sort of, they were getting jammed with the kick. And he was like, ah, nobody's getting it. Yummy. And he's like, Ross, come out and, and punch Oizuki. And he, did, and he didn't tell me what he was going to do. And I got halfway and he fucking just cut me in half yeah. for a good two minutes man I couldn't be I walked over AJ was pissing himself laughing at me and I walked over and I, over and I was like ah. and he's like Ross are you okay you know yeah, okay? you I was, know. I was like I can't breathe 
he's so amazing. For, for the two minutes, I had to sit off at the side and recuperate, mm. you know? Yep. But yeah, Aiden's He's fantastic. He's brilliant. brilliant like, yeah. he, and he's a big man. You never think he is a pair of legs like he has. Yeah. To be fair, you know, and that's not disrespect. He is just look, a big man like in general. Yeah. And he just, like, I mean, when, when I came back from travelling from Australia, I remember I went to his dojo on the way home via the UK. And I was pretty fit when I came back from Australia because I was training a lot in Australia, you know, and I came back and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm right. I haven't seen Aiden since in you know, two and a half years. It was great to see him now, and blah, blah, blah. So in the door, I was like, okay, I'm just go down here and do a bit of work on Bob. You know, the Bobs. Yeah. The, the, the stand-up yoke, the dummies, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it's just practice um, or wash. And he went or wash. And Bob's head literally went, dunk. <laughs> <laughs> it just folded wow. into, like, it just, Mad. boom. Boom. And I was like, yeah, just practice that connection. And I remember I kicked and I was like, boop. <laughs> Bob looked at me and went, seriously, that's it? That's it? Bring back the big guy. <laughs> it was amazing. So, so after Aiden Trumbull? After Aiden Sensei, we then I joined up with Scott Sensei and JKS. And the rest is kind of history, really, you know? Mm-hmm. Here we yeah. are to this day. Plugging away, plowing away. And uh, you moved from Cork up to, to Dublin. Yeah, nearly uh, four years ago now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not, not long after I moved here. Yeah. Not long after Rue, or just, just before you probably... Just before in. I joined the dojo, I'd yeah, say, yeah. 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 We've, we've been training together for a good while. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but you moved up for... You, you, you're a full-time, it was work. It full-time was work, chef, yeah. yeah? Yeah, yeah, so it was work. So I got the job as the executive chef in Stillorgan, and I was in the hotel for about a year, just over a year and a bit. And then job came up in the city centre where I am now in the Radisson, so I took that one on then instead because city centre are a bit more of a better location and just generally better property in general, you know. So I was like, yeah, a lot more. But uh, being a chef is, a, I think everybody knows being a chef is a really demanding job. People talk about the unsociable hours, yada yada yada. Um, how did you find time, Tommy Sensei, to get so good at karate? I think it's. Like you're always, I mean, you're always trying to be better at karate than you are. You know, I mean, you're always pushing the boundaries. And I think the good thing about the dojo here, first of all, is the fact that I can get down in the mornings or the evenings. I have the choice. You know what I mean? Obviously, I like the morning because we, you know, it's a lot tougher. It's much more challenging. But, you know, like it's the freedom to be able to get here in the mornings. That really helps my schedule because I can get in, then come down to whatever here at eight and we finish up around half nine, give or take. And then I'm into the kitchen by 10 then I have the day if it's busy I'll stay late if it's quiet I'll knock off early you know I don't have to be rushing out at half five or six to get up to the dojo for seven to get in near two hours or hour, whatever it is you know so I think first of all the freedom to get here early in the mornings or in the evenings is, is great do you know what I mean mm-hmm. I think second of all it's you're saying about stress and pressure and mm-hmm. kitchens and they are hot and heavy environments they're they're amazing, but they can be ruthless and tough at the same time. So I think that you, one, does need a balance in life. And I think that that is where the training keeps me calm. I think anybody who's worked with me will say, I am a very calm chef. I am a very, what's the word? I suppose steady chef, as mm-hmm. a, as opposed to some people who are out there. Of course, I have moments when I blow my gasket, there is no doubt. But again, that's the environment. We all have our moments. <laughs> I'm not a saint. I'm not saying I'm a saint, just in case any chefs are listening. Just this but, feeling, um, of feeling of dodge the pan. Yeah, dodge the pan, <laughs> dodge the duck. Yeah. Um, no, we all have our moments, of course, like, and that's just life. You know what I mean? Like, shit happens, you know? 
But I think um, I think the training just keeps you balanced. Like when you're going to work after doing an hour here on the floor and you're crawling off the floor, you feel like getting sick after doing your Tabata. You're you know getting kicked around the place by Ross. You know what I mean? And then Scott's up there and he's doing his cat and you're like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. You know? And then you go into work, everything just seems calm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, we got a problem here. We got a problem. Relax. We got it. You know, you're just more zen yeah. to the whole day and to how you approach each day each challenge because this challenge is thrown to me every five minutes whether it's through an email whether it's through a, an issue in the kitchen whether it's through a chef being sick or whatever it is you know you're constantly on your toes you, so it's like you're saying if you start your day with a brutal Tabata session nothing else can phase you that not day. really you know you have to be very surprised mm-hmm. the you power know? of karate the power mm. of karate so like I, I was watching I, I know we, we I think we all watched it yeah the, the mm. Gordon Ramsay Hot Ones interview yeah. and at the end there's a lovely like as funny as it was watching Gordon Ramsay spew up on Hot Wings if you haven't watched it check it out it's hilarious on YouTube um, but there's a bit at the end if, for anyone who, who's interested in seeing the connection where he's talking about different chefs that he's worked with mm. over the years and the different personalities the different expertise that each chef has yeah. and I was watching that going oh that's just the way you would describe karate senses and their individuality and the things that they're always good at and then the things that they they bring that's unique to the table do you see like a connection between that and like your cooking like your personality coming out and your cooking is the same sort of thinking that can be said with your karate do you think 100% I could probably tell you going through each cat of where certain senses have influenced me and not just senses I've trained with long term like Aiden or Scott and say whoever I'm talking about training with Dave Hazard just maybe five or six eight, nine times over my whole life, you know what I mean? I go, oh, he fixed, like, I mean, Dave Hazard Sensei fixed my back stance, my cook mm-hmm. He opened up my eyes to a whole new world. He just moved my body a certain way, and he was like, and it was just, the lights went on. Mm-hmm. The lights went on, literally. It was like, that is ridiculous. You know, and I think, you know, when you're training with people, like, of course you pick up different... I said, you pick up different recipes from different chefs. You pick up different tips from different senses. And it's how you amalgamate it into your own karate. And obviously, when you're training up and you're coming up to Shodan, up to Nidan, you still have to be a bit of a sponge and take on everything. But I think as you start getting towards Sandan, Yondan, you have to start going, right, I can't kick like him. I can't punch like him. He's big and strong. I'm small and, you know, I'm not scrawny, but I'm small. You know what I mean? So how do I make my karate work? And then that's when you have to start looking deeper going okay well that's not really going to work for me I will never be able to kick like Aiden Trimble so enough of that but I can use my body like Aiden Trimble and do a pretty good kick in the gut you know and those kind of things and I think you have to just look very closely at what people are doing and look I don't get too deep into this but you have to look beyond the technique I guess and go what is he really doing here is you're uncle Dan you can say yeah. those kinds of things it's okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we get laughed at if we and say that's it, it like, and it's, yeah I think it's um you know, you'd like it. I mean, it's um, like there's so much to learn. There's so much micromanaging of somebody needs to go out and shoot that bird. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much micromanaging of your body when you're doing any single technique or any single drill. The mind a drill. If you just pick one technique, you look what's going on in Aggie UK. You look what's going on in Aggie UK, for example. There's so much going on there alone, but you're bringing your body in, you're closing, you're crossing your hands, and you put it, you can't see, and you have to lift it up, and is it one fist above the head, or is it, no, don't get caught up in that. No, it should be this, and it should be that way, and it's like, it should be the way that it works. And that's how you work. I mean, if Ross is punching me, I have to push it a bit higher, connect more. If Rue's attacking me, I might have to 
connecting in a different way because of the size variance. So you're constantly micromanaging your body to different styles. But I think at the end of the day, the technique should always be the same. And it's learning how to use your body. Scott says, learn how to use your body. Yeah. Which is so important. And it takes years to understand yeah. that. And I think we like we were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, you know, certain people like certain people who get hung up on maybe one particular sensei and they take that sensei's word as law and mm. shut themselves off from the rest, which is a mistake, you know. You, yeah. like like you say, you should steal from everyone. I mean, I remember like Scott Sensei does a fantastic soul chin. Like we yeah. and we'll do soul chin with Scott Sensei you know, all the time, you know, like there's constantly any, challenging like, us, you constantly know? doing it. And he's constantly, you know, like we're trying to sort of emulate his soul chin in a little bit. And he's, there's things that he's like, he can always pick us apart when we're practicing it. But then we trained, we, we were in a course with Rick Houghton Sensei yeah. and he was Touch doing the exact same thing. Like he was saying the same things like Scott Sensei always says, relax. But then I remember he came up and literally like he touched my arm and was like, oh, oh yeah, very good Ross, but just, just, and he just shook yeah. it a little bit and loosened it, oh, and I was like, "Oh my god, yeah. how tense am I?" I think it came up to me then straight after. He just touched me in the shoulders, and I think I just melted. <laughs> I, don't know what I remember turning, we turned to each other, <laughs> like, oh, like, "Oh my god, we're, god. So, we're so tense." Another light bulb, and, and you know the way that he, he thinks when he his thought process when doing techniques is completely different to Scott Sense's Absolutely. thought process. Yeah. And sometimes just even hearing just a different way of. They're, they're both agreeing with the same way that it should be done yeah. but they're just explaining it in a slightly different way and that small difference can change your perspective on what your body's Everything. doing like Absolutely completely yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's crazy like you know like I mean small things you know and there's so much to learn there's so much to remember like you forget the fact that just your cardio you have to learn okay you're you're doing front stance you can't move your front knee and you're trying to compress into your back leg and don't strain your back leg you keep leg turned in and you're trying to do Hanmi you're trying to do showman you're trying to do the punch the kick it's so much going on you keep your toes up you keep your toes down you keep your heel out you keep your heel in it's just it's it's nanas when you think about it like you know when you're explaining it's like I was showing you know Nicola last week how to try and punch and she was just like yeah it's much kind of harder than it looks <laughs> you know and that was just the first punch the first thing we learned you know yeah. and it's it's mental you know yeah it's and, and, it's, and it's like different when you're teaching you know like we're teaching white belt kids all the time how to punch and if you're happy if they're just putting the correct arm forward yeah you know but when you when you're trying to if you try and show a complete beginner adult how to punch like a godan a, a shodan or even just a shodan or a nidan sana like you're trying to show them how to punch like a, a an experienced cracker that's a different ball game altogether there's so much nuance going on that it, you know they, they they don't appreciate. I don't think people appreciate how tricky it can be sometimes. Just no. chokazuki. Yeah. When you start breaking that down and what your body needs to be doing, there's a hundred things going yeah, on. Yeah, it's once, amazing, yeah. and we take it for granted as well. Like you know, because we just do it. Yeah. Rattle out a hundred yak or chokazukis, whatever it is, yakazukis. No, but boom, 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 boom. But when you think about it, and you have to break it down, explain it to someone else. You're like, God, yeah, it's all going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. which is great. Like, so you were talking about Dave, Dave Hazard being an influence, Adrian being an influence, Ruse or anyone. Outside of Scott Sensei, and I know I know you really like Rick Houghton Sensei, but is there mm. anyone else to, who you've trained with that, that gave you an eye opener? Is there a little nugget, a uh, gold nugget that you've experienced from think of other any people? Examples. Well, my dad was my first karate teacher, so all the nuts and bolts, the very basics, I got from him. Uh, so he's a very important influence. Although the way I do karate now is million miles from the way I used to do karate with him. He came from a very different school. He came from the KUGB Harder, Faster, Stronger school. And the way we do things here is a lot more nuanced, a lot more attention to detail, a lot more mindful. So my biggest influence has been 
Scott Sensei. My second biggest influence has been you, Ross Sensei. Yours. Um, because when I was when I was training here before I became an instructor, when I was just an, a student, I spent probably twice as many hours training under you as I did under Scott. Yeah. So you know that says something. That something Ross, yeah, it's it? true. And uh, what else? I had a really no- well. I've I've trained a few times with Richard Amos Sensei. He is he was you know head of the panel the time I got my black belt. So I guess you could say he gave me showdown. Yeah. Uh, well, you would say that, yeah. That was a great, great ninja warrior for your showdown. Of course, you thank nailed, you. Nailed that. <laughs> and um, it's true, he did. He nailed it. He did. And then there was there was a course with him a few years later down in Cork. And I asked him a question about Agayuke, and he just explained something about say your your you know your left fist is in hikite. And you're bringing it up, up, up to make aga yuke. And there's a, there's an open pectoral here when you're in hikite. And then you close it, close it, close it as your fist comes across. And then as your fist comes up above your head, this has to open again. So you have to close on the top of your shoulder. And it was about where's the... It was a really micro way of looking at where's the contraction, where's the expansion. Oh, we're just throwing up a few aga yukes yeah. here, folks. And... Uh, and then he, he made me mindful of this compression on the top of my shoulder, like at the deltoid sort of area. And then he started pushing down on my Agayuke yeah. and he started putting all his weight. He's a big, strong yeah. guy. And my Agayuke wouldn't budge. And I was like, ah, yeah. oh, Sensei, Yosh. amazing. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> yeah. So that was a great yeah. moment. Uh, I spent a month with Richard Demos Sensei over in New York. And that month was, uh, yeah, that was a big, it was, it was just a good eye opener because again, Senses, you can have senses who, again, senses at a certain level all develop their own style, their own, their own karate. And we're constantly exposed to a very good high level of karate, in my opinion. I think Scott's level of karate is very, very high. Um, and he's an excellent teacher mm-hmm. and instructor. But I think that that month I spent with Richard Amos just showed you that, you know, nothing is set in stone. And it's not that one sensei has the correct answer and one has the wrong answer. It's just that there are many ways of doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, like Yakazuki is Yakazuki, but like depending on your body type, you throw it completely different. You, your body, like you were saying earlier on, you have to adjust to different your opponent's body types if you're training with someone, and you have to adjust to your own body type. And you know, you can again steal from everyone. And Richard Amos Sensei, especially like you know, I'm a good bit taller than Scott Sensei. Mm. You know, there's a couple of things in there that you know his compact body can do a little bit easier than. You know, someone with you know legs as as big and as long as mine. Yeah. You know, and then there's certain things that Scott's build, his frame, he's he's a lot broader in the shoulders, like myself. Whereas Richard says he's quite long and lean. You know, and there's things that Scott says karate suits me much more than Richard says karate. But I think that being being exposed to that and being forced to change, completely adapt to his style of karate for 100%, a full month. Yeah. So you do a month of just adapting to the way he does things and then having the ability to do both, I think, is, is yeah. you know, such a benefit. And I think that that's what you always want to be in the middle of the spectrum. You know, don't be at either end, you know, that whippy karate to that completely connected karate. Be able to you know? come into the middle and be able to, when you're asked to whip things out, whip them out, when you're asked to yeah. connect completely, connect completely. I think know? that's the great thing about karate then is that you can, you can apply all of those principles to any karate. Do you know, and you can mix it in and mix it out and pull it in and pull it out as you go along, you know, and you can have the whippy and you can have the connected, you can have the strong, you can have the soft, you can have the the circular or the straight, you know, you can have all the different nuances of what we do in there, do you know, and yeah. you can be challenging like just certain moves that you can see like that really work with which is sensitive style of karate like in say hey and go down where we're like go, dun, 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 and we go one and then we go yush at the end you know we 
go that full from um, from Yamazuki all the way into um, Aizuki in uh, not Hinshonan Hinsanan Hinsanan sorry Hinsanan you know like that long and then you have other ones like other cadres like that really suits content like Teki Sandan I mean <laughs> like that is ridiculous <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> the morning we, we when we go through cadres and uh, there will be one you know one day of the month where Scott will go okay let's do Teki Sandan you know and it's the last 10 minutes just to finish off the session and uh, <laughs> I mean, the speed is it's out of real, control. Yeah? It's out of control. It really is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally, yeah. you blink and you miss it. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. But yeah. It's, which is yeah, Scott Scott's way of doing that is just fantastic, yeah, and that cool. kata yeah, leads itself to it because Scott says it has that the massive range of motion in his shoulders yeah. that most people just don't have. Yeah, he's got a lot of flexibility in his upper body. So when he's, you know, when you know when you're in that sort of locked keybatch, and there's very little movement that you can do with your hips, that's so much range of movement. So much, yeah. yeah, and he can just whip techniques out. Whereas guys who aren't as flexible in their upper body probably have to, you know, slow it yeah. down a bit and connect a bit more yeah. to make it work. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Guys, steal from everyone, yeah. That's the, that's Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So be selfish. You've you've had a quite a, a quite a glamorous history of of competing. I um, guess so. Yeah. You've, I mean, told, you've told me this year you're going to slow down a little bit with the the competition. Why why you decide? I to think slow I down? am. Yeah. I mean, I think to think of competition, I've done it I'm competing for. I suppose what well, got to, yeah. I suppose twenty odd years now at this stage. You know. Um, I remember I did my first competition was in 1990. The first big one I did was in 1999. I did Techie Showdown. Now I have a history of making an arse of doing Techie Showdown. <laughs> right? Absolutely. In competition floors. Yeah. It oh always freaks me out for some reason. And I love it. It's one of my favourite cards. But I always make an arse for when I'm under pressure for some reason. I just can't do it. And um, again, in 1990, I was thinking it was competition up in Waterford. And bang. Uh, okay. Called out. But, Two of us out there, Grant, Cara, Techie Shodan. Not bad. I know, Techie Shodan. One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> Complete arse of it. And surprise, surprise, I lost. That was fine, no problem. But you know, even I think it was, was it a year ago, two years ago, <laughs> I, skipped year, yeah. I skipped a few moves as well, you know. Um, <laughs> You're moving so fast, like the judges know it's so bad. I was watching going, the fuck's he doing? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like probably laughing, yeah. yeah. But, um,. He yeah, adds in, he adds an extra key eyes to cars as well. I all do. The fucking time I do. Every time. I do. I always like to key eye at the end. I think it's just a building of energy. I think it's great, you know. If you key eye as much as possible, it's deadly. But um, yeah, I've competed a lot. It, it takes a long. It took me a long time to kind of get into my own flow and realize that you know, okay, I can I can actually do cars quite well. You know, I was never a fighter really. Um, I was never just any good at it you know what I mean I like the nasty stuff I don't like competition kumite anyway you know what I mean it's just yeah. not for me I think I like the prime age I suppose where you would have got your body maybe right for training for competition I guess I missed that I think I missed the bus on that I reckon you know so um, but again when it gets into the nitty gritty dirty stuff and I like all that kind of stuff you know that, that's where it is you know so um, but like as regards cardio and competitions I just I'm kind of a bit over it in a sense like I've got a fair few medals now and stuff like that you know what I mean and got a couple of European medals and obviously Ross we were in Amsterdam a couple of years ago we took the gold for the team Cada. Yeah. I came second in the individual Cada and stuff like that you know and we got a world championship medal there two years ago down in Cork with whoever it was those guys you know and stuff like that so yeah. I've got a few like a lot of country competitions and stuff like that you know different associations and stuff and it does take time and it's floor time it's getting out on the floor, 
and just getting used to the crowd staring at you yeah. and just going, you know what, this is my cara, like it or lump it, that's it. You know, but I think what's getting to me now is the fact that I'm happy with my karate, end of, you know, and there's certain people I respect and then there's other people that I think are keyboard warriors that are quite happy to sit behind the keyboard and go, I think you should do this and I think you should be doing more of that. And, and there's people like that that are mouthpieces as well going, okay, well, maybe you should do this. And if you did that, you might have got an extra point. And I'm like kind of saying, uh, so are you competing today? Oh, no, you're not. So how can, why do you have the right to judge if you're not going to go out and put yourself out there on a pedestal? You know, and that's what really got to me over the last couple of years is these people who are, they have all the knowledge and they have all the answers, yet they're not willing to put themselves out there and go, you know what, I'm going to give it a go too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and the, the tricky thing is that, you know, being exposed to like a very, um, say, traditional dojo here, like in terms of the way Scott teaches karate, it's not for competition whatsoever. No. It is a very, you know... Like uh, yeah, I would say traditional way of doing it, if that's the right word. And it's it's tricky when you're trying to develop kata to be your own baby. Yeah. You know, it's your own Absolutely. baby. You're and you're trying to develop it for you. That's what Scott tries to emphasize. And the dojo is that you know the kit should flow nicely. You shouldn't be superficial at any point. And competition is very superficial. Absolutely. So it, it's very difficult for you know you know if you're moving correct does it like. You know, you're trying to get every aspect of the kata as perfect as you can in terms of the fundamentals, the principles, and then you see somebody go out after you on the mat who does a, or standing beside you on the mat who does a, a, a yeah, it's fast, but he's taking shortcuts. He's yeah. he's he's breaking, he's skipping like, moves, skip, jumping up and down, lane. He's you know those long short stepping through pauses yeah. and stuff yeah. like that, and it just they're slapping their dogie all over the place to try and you know emphasise that they're moving strong when really you know there's nothing yeah. behind anything that they're doing absolutely and I did it's very frustrating yeah. and um, I did fall into that trap for a while myself I started trying to copy the WKF style and I just I did it for competitions for a while and I just I was getting nowhere I was getting worse I think to be honest you know? and then I was like okay yummy back to basics here back to what I know stick with traditional stuff and it does stand out you know and I've won some of the Onakai competitions I've won it two or three years in a row and there's all these guys coming out and they're pretty doggies and stuff and they were jumping and flapping around and just kind of crap you know yeah. instead of just the end product the finished technique the crisp clean finish the traditional tight strong loose karate that we do you know what I mean it's yeah. just natural you know I mean I remember uh, the end of last year I was over at Steve Bales Hmm. Uh, teaching Steve Bells and Amanda in Dave Gisby's dojos and Steve had me up in his house for the weekend and we had the big TV on and we put on the World Championships WKF ones and we watched the the men's uh, kata final yeah. um, and we turned it on just in time to watch the final and we watched the two guys doing the kata and honestly you couldn't tell them apart like they were so it's like it's like a line of robots you know yeah. it's, they're all doing the exact same thing whereas when you look Back in the day at the old Japan finals, when you look at those, you know those legends of back yeah. in the day, they had such individuality. Nobody yeah. done sochi in the same way. Nobody, yeah. you know, they, you, Kikos, you could, Kawawadas, they were all so different. They were all so unique, and they were all so amazing in their yeah. own right. Do you know what I mean? They were just absolutely. And I think that the the problem with sport is that you have to have a a stand. Like this is why you won. 
and then you say to everyone he won because of this 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 so yeah. then everyone's like well that's what we have to do to win yeah. and then it just it just sort of narrows and narrows that sort of create that that you know that individuality yeah. that you can have in kata which i think is something that's when you see it it's really special yeah. and when you look at really good i think traditional senses like you look at the way Rick Horton does kata, he has his own little per- personality on you. Look at the way Richard does kata, he's got his own personality yeah. in there. Scott has his own personality. And you can what's lovely is that you can see the influences that have that have Absolutely. come before them. Yeah. So you have a nice you have a nice little nod to the past in everyone's kata as well. You know, yeah. the way Scott does his kiyagis and his sochin is exactly like Kagawa's. Like it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then you look at the, the if Richard says he does Unsu, you can see a lot of Gahara written all over it and Abbey and you know it's just amazing yeah I mean it's and it's Scott says he says when he talks about you know somebody asked him a question about standardising the kata across the HDKI and he said no because all that does is it makes everyone the same and you want to be able to see the sensei that taught you like a a sort of a small reflection of them in their students you know and and each student should reflect their sensei in some we are another, yeah. you know, or the yeah. people that have influenced them. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree, Rue? Us. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tommy, Rue's going, like, Rue is ramping up quickly, I think. Absolutely. I think he'll be on him before he knows it, but his yeah. knee coming up. And, we were just uh, talking about it this morning in the dressing room. I was saying we need to crack on. We'll get Kangeko out of the way in our next couple of days. We'll get our bodies back to normal next week, and we're going to start looking. We're going to start eating into his kata, which is MP. MP. Yeah. MP. Yeah. You were there for my showdown, Tommy. I was. I need you there for my knee dance. I'll too. be there, buddy. My lucky With bells. Yeah. <laughs> 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 With bells, yeah. So, MP, why did you pick MP? Uh, it was picked for me. Uh, well, not necessarily. I said I was thinking either MP or Gion, mm-hmm. and when I mentioned that, it came up, uh, and and Scott Sensei was there, and he said MP, and I said us. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he said it should. Be, he said it should be my kata. Can't remember exactly why he said that. I can tell you why. Tell me why. Because you're sixty something. Kilos. It's your body type. It's your body. It's a very, uh, I think it's a very good one for yeah, light people. For light people, yeah. People. For light people. A lot of changing height, changing direction. Yeah. You know, uh, That's why they call it the flight of the swallow, right? Because it's up and down. A swallow is yeah. a very small and light thing. Yeah. You have I mean, to be like a swallow. Could be your spirit animal. Cool. How are you feeling about it? Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't, now I don't know if this is if this is correct or not. But I've gotten a feeling since I started working here that uh, so obviously I'm a student of Scott's yeah. and I'm a student of yours. But I think I'm my relationship as a student to Scott and to you is different than your average student sensei relationship. So I think the standard that I'm going to be held to for my grading, not necessarily higher than other people's, but it's going to be, what am I trying to say? There'll be more pressure. There'll be more pressure because in a way I work here, people when we have visitors from abroad, they come to Kangeko, they join in the training. In a way I'm representative of the dojo and I want to represent the dojo. I want to do the best I can. So whenever I'm told I'm ready, and it's time to boogie, and it's time to go for second dan, then I'll stand up and go for it. And in the meantime, I'm just going to carry on trying to prepare myself. I mean, it's, I think it's, it's all about potential, yeah? And if you think about what you're doing, you're teaching full-time, you're training full-time, not only you're training full-time, but you're training in the mornings with the sort of, the like morning training we do here, is a, so, like, unless we have guests, it's open to just about all guests, like sort of brown belt and above. Yeah. Um, or, or with maybe a few exceptions, 
you know, depending. But it tends to be, you know, on the average day of the week, it's invite only. So there's a, and it's Scott's discretion of whether you get invited or not. And if you do get invited, you are held to a higher standard when it comes yep. to things like gradings um, or or just how you perform on courses, your attitude during training, especially outside the dojo. And I think it's fair to say that you are held to a higher standard, not because, you know, you should be better than everyone else, but because, you know, that for what you're doing, you should be... You have the opportunity you to have, be better than everyone else. You have the opportunity to be better than everyone yeah. else. So, I guess I'm um, training a lot more than most people, so I should be improving at a at a higher rate, and so a much I'm going more, to be held to that standard. And a much more intense level. I mean, you're committed to yeah. this, like, 100%, you know? And I think that to, it wouldn't be fair to hold other people to the same standard because other people are training, you know... They've got full time jobs, like yeah. two or three times. Uh, you know, they're training two three times a week as opposed to us who get a chance to move around every day. You know, mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. so I think yeah, to say that you're held to higher standards, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. I think yeah. that's the way no, it should be for people in our position. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so and and what what is it you think that like what, have you got a plan like so because people people preparing for grades, I think they always some people sort of just get sprung on them you know what I think you're going to grade next month mm-hmm. yeah. but you've, you've been told like Scott says he always tends to give us a long time mm-hmm. to really have a think to to be able to decide ourselves what it is that our weaknesses are what our strengths are and what we need to improve on so what do you think you're you're you know what's going to be your battle plan in terms of getting ready for this like, well for this year I've been I've been it's been on my mind since I started working here it's not a recent thing you know and I realised that everything needed drastic improvement so uh, I'm working on everything I'm trying to be mindful of every aspect of my technique and then now and then I try and break it down so for example I spent two weeks with all my classes even the white belts working on Mawashigeri because I wanted to work on Mawashigeri the Nidan syllabus has two different combinations with Mawashigeri in it my Mawashigeri is still pretty bad but it's better than it was before those those two weeks of intensive Mawashi training so uh, I was ripping into my breakfast this morning Mawashigeri so yeah um, yeah so now and again I, I, I refocus and I I, I like narrow down my focus onto one little thing or two but generally I'm just trying to focus on everything when we when we spar in the mornings every time we come when we're in morning training and we're told to pair up when we start fighting I think this you know these next 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes are going to go towards my grading because it's going to be the first time I'm going to be doing freestyle kumite in a grading um, so yeah I'm thinking about my grading in that moment when we're practicing MP it was kata of the month in the competition class we were breaking it down I was just thinking about my grading I was thinking of getting it right for my grading mm-hmm. yeah we practiced MP the other morning in inst- didn't we uh, yeah, yeah we yeah. done it yesterday yeah. yesterday morning uh, with our Swedish guests and it had actually been a while since I'd looked at it and since I'd practiced it and it felt really good having come back to it after a break and the things that I had been practicing seemed to have paid off a little bit so a little bit of return on my efforts there it felt really good yeah, you need to take a break from it every now and then and walk away you know yeah. and then just to change your body and yeah, your mind I find like training yourself like sometimes you it was a you know sometimes you hit a plateau and mm-hmm. you and you need to like and if you try and push through it you you get disheartened because you're not improving yeah. you need to take a step back like you know work on I completely do a 180 and do go in the other direction sometimes and then when you come back to it the plateau's gone and you go even yeah. further. That's what I find with my own training, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely, I need to walk away from it and just go, right, we've done it now. I'm going to back to go to a heavy cutter for a while, work on that a bit, and then you can link the heaviness to the lightness and the lightness to the heaviness mm-hmm. and vice versa, you know. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, just no. just the other day we were walking through, and soon we were mm. spending quite a lot of time practicing like the bit that I find impossible when Unsu is, is dropping down yeah. uh, to the floor for those fucking kicks and <laughs> uh, I hadn't done it in ages and then we dropped down yesterday and I found myself hips yeah. going around switching really easily I was like oh yeah, that's it <laughs> you know yeah. so hopefully yeah. it sticks absolutely yeah. it sticks yeah. after they a while they do yeah. stick after a while yeah, it's just yeah. repetition 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 hours months years hours months years kiss yeah. the elbows absolutely <laughs> <laughs> you said it buddy. inside joke uh, inside so, joke so tell me you talk you, you can get a cool week is always a uh, a fun week cause yeah. the tree like it's we're getting up early I mean that's not news for for yourself you know you go yeah. into the kitchen early and stuff but like, we all get up early we all train early in the morning it's the first thing we're doing is kick off the day um, and yourself you taught a, a very nice class mm. On the Wednesday, Wednesday yeah. on the Wednesday, um, so much so that I, I stole it. Um. He did steal it, and he, <laughs> and he actually coined it. It was Wayne Otter's drill. Do, well, it was it was a Wayne Otter's yeah, drill. It had the same yeah. principles as your class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, But like, like we just said earlier on, man, steal everything. Uh, so Absolutely. I steal yeah. a lot. From, I steal a lot from Tommy. Tommy's my, Tommy's my. You know, we, I'll, we, me and Rue talk about this a lot. Like you know, egos on the dojo and stuff. Tommy's, Absolutely. you know, that guy who I. I try and outdo on the dojo all the time and uh, you know and almost never do it but you always try and, and outdo him I, I try and outdo him in kata he tries to outdo me in kumite and it's a nice friendly little rivalry that we have going on and it just helps us improve absolutely it's and good like it's off the dojo it's friendship and on the dojo it's we're out to get each other in a nice way in a yeah. healthy competitive way you know exactly, exactly. Which you, you need that like you know that's it you know um, it's good but you taught a nice class on, on Kangeko what, what's, what's been your your favourite Kangeko class so far or favourite aspect from each Kangeko class so far and uh, favourite aspect of each yeah. class ooh what do you think about that um, don't know if, I don't know if I have a favourite aspect I just like the fact that the training is quite intense you know, like the morning class has been pretty intense after, after Kangeko. Yeah, so like, so, like, yeah. I mean, like, if it's hard. Like, Kangeko, we go for a run, we get in at seven, quick warm up, we're out the door for a run, just for anybody who doesn't know, for about 20 minutes. Then we're back in about half seven, 25 to eight. We have a quick stretch, then the sensei of the day will come on with us, Ross, Rumi, whoever it is. And you've got about 25 minutes, really, which is not a lot of time to get a concept across. So, you know, and then you've got everyone from mummies, daddies, kids, you know, to Scott sent at the top of the class and, you know, it's a tough audience, you know, to teach anything. And you always so have you, a, gr- a nice group at the, at the top of the class taking the piss Oh, yeah. The it, the it, well. yeah <laughs> it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be Kangek if you didn't have somebody, you know, <laughs> taking the piss, absolutely. So you've got a very short, you've got really about, I'd say about 18 minutes there by the time you put in the challenge by the time you give people time to practice the drill you probably actually less about 15 minutes of actually teaching time on the floor yeah. so you have to be very clever with what you pick you know what I mean and like what's the age this morning he did Gohan Suki quite nice he put it together quite well Rue was talking about yesterday really nice class about music and Kazamazuki Yakuzuki and the rhythm you know uh, who else is teaching this week uh, John Sensei went mental and he was doing loads of <laughs> street fighting and then he went into kicking and you know <laughs> again but it was nice it was raw it was pure you know it yeah. was good old harder stronger tougher karate which is which has a place as well for sure you know yeah. and you know I did a little kind of drill based on just kind of just slightly moving off to the side and like a lot of what Scott Sensei teaches like Scott Sensei does loads of punching loads of punching so like punching is kind of important I guess 
you know so sure. <laughs> you know it's important you know and and like moving off the side that back leg drive and you know I just try to, to tie those things together a little bit you know in my eyes in its simplest purest form you know so um you know like yeah I mean it's it's I think the intensity of the training is is the best part you know because you're tired you're getting up quarter to six in the morning and you're going Jesus Christ almighty I'm going back to bed you know like no it's still your training and you're gone <laughs> do you know so you don't um, you know so your body kind of goes into automatic and you know like Monday's class was quite tough a lot of squats and stuff I still feel them to be honest you know and then Tuesday Tabata was full on and Wednesday a lot of Kumite like yesterday's class was great Scott sent it a cracking class yesterday absolutely outstanding you know and it was just really descriptive and really you know and you really see it when you're here like how much you've progressed like I've been here what between four years now and I'm coming here like my first class was at Tubes on a Thursday literally the first class I did in Dojo morning time was Tubes sure well I don't know what I was doing you know like and I was okay I got through it and then the next class and was the Tuesday which was the Tabata and you know well yeah <laughs> you know I got Nobody's through but you know like when you don't know the easy. drill you know it's just like oh yeah just go just do it you know it's like okay <laughs> how long are we doing this for I'm gonna die <laughs> but yeah. you know like it's um, I think the intensity of the week is the most enjoyable part that you have to be on your game especially I think us in a dojo like it's you know the guys who are training all the time you really need to represent and you really go this is the humble dojo for a reason and we are hopefully getting to the top of our game because we train hard we train honestly we train purely you know we mix it up we're always looking at different ideas whether walking like animals you know and all these kind of things we do when we see a drill I'll send you a drill roster like oh god we're going to practice this and we see a challenge and you're like oh yeah let's try this and you know like the challenge I did with the handstand all those kind of things you know like they're all things that just add to your artillery of you know training mechanisms you know what I mean so I think it's, I think it's a great week it's tough but it's very rewarding you know very rewarding couldn't have said it better myself I think that's a good note to finish on yeah Yosh. yeah Cool. Yeah. Okay, but before we finish, we have to get Tommy Sensei's Fails of the Week. Fail of the Week. My favourite part of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> fails of the Week. So, so a fail, a, a personal fail. Personal fail is probably about an hour ago. <laughs> and I was in, we went for breakfast and we were up paying and I was like, uh, whatever. I said, okay, I'll pay for Scott Sensei. So I said, Grant. So I told her. I told uh, the, what, the waitress the order. I was like, okay, so this and that and this and that. And yep, yep. Grant was like, whatever, 20 quid. So I gave her the 20 quid. And I was like, I turned to Scott and said, right, Scott said, I paid for you. Don't worry. I was like, oh, cheers, man. So I walked out anyway and, you know, Pip and Pop, Ross and Rue were outside the window and we're chatting away. <laughs> <laughs> and um, next thing, <laughs> Scott said, has his face <laughs> looking at me through the window going come back in I was like what's wrong and I was like you didn't pay for me and I was like I did she's like no you didn't because she didn't understand me <laughs> so I was like oh, okay fail. we went out through the through the cafe window fail. yeah there was fans coming through the window from the, the elite here <laughs> and I think the funniest fail of the week was definitely Karen getting kicked oh, by Scott yeah. <laughs> his <Yeah>. face <laughs> <laughs> his face was gold uh, definitely yeah. that was hilarious yeah Scott Sensei interrupted whose Kangeko class? 
John Zen. John interrupted John Sensei's Kangeko class just to kick Karen a little bit to show us all <laughs> how to do very, it properly. Scott's my fucking stupid man. It's he, ridiculously he's like, fast. I'm, he, he kicked, he's been kicking me like with my guy a lot in classes recently, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was like, <laughs> and he kicks you, and he's like, and your face is grimacing a bit, and he's like, I have perfect control. What are you doing, flinching? Why are you moving? Why? Are you... And I'm like, you have no fucking idea. Yeah, your perfect control is still so painful. Your kick is like, his <laughs> It's like Richard says in his fucking blocks, man. Yeah, he's he's when he does like a garambari to your migary, he fucking cuts your leg in half. He literally cut your. He leg literally cut my leg, yeah, in yeah, court last year. He literally cut my leg, yeah. Uh, How do you I, cut somebody with your arm? That's amazing. I was going for me. Right. Girl. Girl. Get yeah. you back. Yeah. I'll get you back. Um, Probably won't. Probably won't. There's an open oh, challenge there. For absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Was, was it where they challenged each other for dojos? Was that <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and Scott, Scott's like, oh, I've got perfect control. Fucking no idea how much his kicks hurt. Yeah. Um, but watching it, did somebody else having to deal with it? Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's great fun. Rue, you got failed the week so far? Uh, today, I uh, there was a one of our Swedish visitors did a first Q grading after um, after our Kengeko class, and I was lined up alongside him just to you know to have somebody there with him, so he didn't feel well. I suppose just because usually doing a grading, you have somebody going up and down with you. So there I was, and uh, I ended up messing up the first Q syllabus. Like, I did this first of all, Scott called, up, Scott called out a combo and I didn't understand. And I said, excuse me, Sensei. I didn't understand that either. I was looking at it going, I haven't time. seen that before. And so he explained it in minute detail and then off we went and I forgot to ki. Oh. Well, at least maybe I took some of the pressure off. Well, that was the one where he said, do it again in ki. Like, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, but then, um, but then your man passed. So congratulations to him. First Q yeah, pass in the dojo this morning. Uh, uh, mine happened today as well, funnily enough. Fucking day of fails. Um, <laughs> but it was like, we have the thing, like when we're up teaching and you ask people to change partners, you have to change partners as fast as you can. And you have like five seconds to do it. And if you don't have a partner, you get press-ups. And that's something for the kids, because the kids are normally really slow and stuff. But I was paired up with Tommy for the start of the class, and then he said, like, AJ, AJ says he was teaching, and uh, I, I didn't hear him at first, but then I seen everyone dart for partners. And then, lo and behold, the Billy No Mates over here, like, I had no Because I saw him wondering, like, he's going to fail. Everyone, everyone's giggling and stuff. And then, was it you that was like, that was me. Oh, I didn't have a partner. <laughs> yeah, that was me. And it turns out, but you know what was? I like, so I had to do press-ups and everyone's fucking kicking me and it's sitting on me and stuff. I was doing press-ups. <laughs> uh, and then respect. it turns out there was fucking like six kids who didn't have partners as well. So I could have grabbed the kids if I wanted to, but ah, uh, yeah, embarrassing. Hilarious. <laughs> Super embarrassing. Hilarious. Uh, but yeah, that's my fucking fail, fail of the week so far. We've still got two days to, to see what's going on and we'll get everyone else's fails at the end of Kangeko. That's how we stay humble, folks. Yeah. Acknowledging our own failures. <laughs> With the help of and support. Yeah, support of, of your else. colleagues. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much, yep. Tommy Sensei. Yep. Very much appreciated. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh.